Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Picture Must Be Right podcast. I'm here with Chris. Hey, nice to be here. It's nice to have you on. Um, so if you're wondering why Jamie sounds a bit different, they <laughs> quite a similar accent to be fair, similar parts of, of, of the world. Um, we're going to be talking about a film today which has proven to be very controversial, but it'd be a, 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 good, um, a good film to look at for this show. And the film is Taika Waititi's Jojo. Um, it follows the same uh, award season as we covered the last show when we reviewed 1917. Uh, but this one was less of a major Best Picture contender, but it did do very well at the Academy Awards. Um, the film is written and directed by Taika Waititi, and it is based on the book Caging Skies by, doesn't say on IMDb, so I've got to go uh, with so I've got uh, Christine. Lunens. Uh, Christine not, Lunens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, apparently it's not a comedy book. Um, so it has like all the characters that are the same, but it doesn't have uh, Adolf Hitler, uh, which is a major plot point in yeah. this film. Um, the film stars Griffin Davis as the character, and Jim McKenzie, Scarlett Hansen, Sam Rockwell, Rebel Wilson, Stephen Merchant, and Takawasi himself as the character of adolf hitler which is sort of like a sort of like an imaginary old interpretation of hitler not to be taken as a accurate portrayal whatsoever it's hardly you know the under in terms of yeah he's very much supposed to be just a very childish characterization of him and the basic Uh, plot as as much of a a childish characterization as you can have of you know adolf hitler it's very character um I can't remember. I can't think of the right word. A bit of a caricature, that's it. Um, the basic plot on Andy says a young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. Though I think it's a, bit, a lot more complicated than that. Yeah, it covers 100%. loads more things in terms of like with him with the titular character of Jojo, um, starting at the Hitler Youth. And th- th- well, we find it. This whole set in like Nazi Germany around 1945, more, yeah. you know, end of the war, the Nazis are starting to realise losing side and we sort of get this, we, we sort of see panic stations basically in Germany. and Yeah, well, and, just imagine it's yeah. concurrent to the film Downfall. So yeah. That's literally what I just mentioned though, with the Undertang, it's just the... the um, yeah. The German version of that, but um, yeah. but yeah, very different in terms of its portrayal of Nazis, which has proven to be problematic over time. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with you know, basically all the Nazis in this film are like literal buffoons. They're all idiots. And yeah. The whole point of the film is setting it up as all these policies and their the way that Nazis went around business was quite laughable and sort of like their approach. Well, anti-Semitism and stuff was very much misguided in the sense that it didn't really make any sense. It was based on it was a very much a Borat thing of oh Jews have smell like Brussels sprouts and stuff like that. But yeah. done in a way that's um that's like it's supposed to be a tenuous of it, but then you have like the older Nazis that sort of believe it, which becomes problematic in itself. Um, what were your general feelings about the way the film approaches its subject matter? I mean, it's a very, it's, it's a minefield, I suppose, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I didn't really know what to expect when I went to watch it because I, I purposely avoided watching spoilers or trailers or anything like yeah. that. 
even though I didn't see it until two years after it released because I did want to just get that sort of a raw impression of it. Mm. And as I was watching it, I um, I don't know. It, it is it's overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I remember when you start to unpack it more and more. Um, yeah, yeah. because you're right in saying that it paints all the nazis as buffoons basically but that's sort of a dangerous line to walk where it's very dangerous you, you consider it's... you know what nazism is and everything yeah about it it loses its threat it. in a way doesn't it yeah when like, these people were not buffoons they were very well they were messed up completely but yeah. not in that way yeah but then again and so, it depends on sort of like the, the childish portrayal of that's exactly of, yeah, that's, yeah it's all the perspective it's so you really, you've really got to go with it, haven't you? And yeah. if you don't go with it, this is why it's been so divisive. You have to go with it, otherwise you're not going to get it at all. And there's there's this very strong opinion of which of people that are very, very much like the film tend to say, you know, um, if you yeah. don't find this film funny, then you just didn't get it, or or don't like the film, don't you don't understand it yeah. at all. Uh, a very uh, negative way of looking at it i remember when i first saw it i remember messaging you straight after it i saw it in the cinema when it first came out and saying yeah. i don't know what to think about this film like genuinely mm. i don't know i think it's got a lot of issues the more i read about it or for about thinking nah not for me it didn't have the effect that it should have done see because i watched it for the first time last week uh i enjoyed the film i thought it was a good film but i didn't yeah. find it that funny necessarily there was sort of I didn't. Uh, there were little throwaway jokes, but not nothing pertaining to the main plot. Like uh, throwaway jokes, yeah. for instance, with uh, Jojo's friend Yorkie, who's played by Archie Yates. I thought yeah. his character was, you know, he was a funny character. He had sort of a slapstick vibe to him. He's but like he was a young well as well. Yeah, yeah, basically, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. And you know, I did find sort of elements of his character quite funny. Funny, well, I found his old character funny, and elements like that, but nothing to do with the main plot between you know Jojo. Elsa and uh, Jojo's mom. I didn't find any of that funny because that's a very serious topic, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I remember laughing specifically once during this film, and I'll tell you what it was. It was genuinely nothing to do with what's going on in the film, but um, with Stephen Merchant talking about uh, basically Elsa, who's played by Thomasine McKenzie, is the is the Jewish girl in the and she has this boyfriend um, called Nathan, right? And it just made me think with Stephen Merchant in the scene, uh, that scene in The Office. And because uh, Stephen Merchant's character in The Office is a guy called Og Monster. Mm. Goes to him and says, uh, Except you're not the Og Monster, are you? What's your real name? Nathan. It's a nice name. Uh, <laughs> it's basically just what I was thinking of. And that's literally nothing to do with the film, but it's just because he mentioned it so yeah but that shows about the level of humor like i understand that people find I've never found like political humor or or yeah, historical no, humor no. at my cup of tea at all uh historical so, humor. i mean uh, i'm gonna bring the death of stalin as sort of a, a crutch to rest yeah. this point on but i i very i love that film i thought death of stalin's a great film and but i love the sort I feel of like humor in that but it's different it's, yeah, it's, it's it goes about it completely differently and it doesn't try to be an emotional heavy film. It doesn't no, try exactly. to have that balance of being of being emotional and funny at the same time. And I think an important fact to note about Death of Stalin is you could take the plot, I mean, it's based on a, it's also an adaptation, but you could take the plot, the premise anyway, and apply it to almost any other sort of power struggle through history. You could yeah. come up with a similar story. This is very specific. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it's so atmospheric around 
yeah very much very much set around sort of the heavy area of of germany at the time it's a place where you don't really want to spend much time in, and it does can make audiences feel very uncomfortable and that's why yes. I, was, I was trying to re-watch the film yesterday it's sort of like i was thinking about it, it's like my opinion is not going to be changing basically i watched like the first 10 minutes so it's sort of like it's not going to change on it because it's not going to make me feel the way that the film should make me feel because i don't feel comfortable sitting around in the film i don't really like mm. the characters i don't like the act uh, there's a very strong ick factor that you've got to get past and if you yeah. don't it and you don't put it to one side because there's a lot of elephants in the room in this situation like like the dealing with with themes of the holocaust and dealing with um themes of the scenes where where there's people hanging in the streets and stuff like all of that is done off camera and it's sort of like um it depends on how much you have of those sort of things and those the horrors of war which are sort of like brushing the carpet in order yeah. to get your central main enjoyment of the film i don't think the film's bad as such but i feel like it's not something that's going to change over time um no. you're not going to suddenly watch the film once and hate it and then and then watch it again and love it or vice versa it's just it's going to be it's i think it's <clears throat> where it's very difficult to actually give a definitive answer for yeah, whether it's good or that. not because it's all that it's, it's down to what your sense of humor is it, it depends on on how emotionally invested you are um it depends on especially like the way that you view child characters in films in general to be honest like, yes, i didn't I find actually, this film the the, the, the character the central character easy to get on with because mostly because he's an most of it so oh but he's not really a nazi because he doesn't like really well he sort of does though because he does have the the posters of hitler in his wall when he's wearing the nazi uniform and he's, and he's right in the you yeah. you know it is there there's there's issues there that yeah. you've got to overcome i mean uh, from an uh just going on the child acting point from an acting side though i thought roman griffith davis was pretty good yeah. And the same with Archie Yates being Yorkie, I thought, because generally with child actors, I mean, not to sort of rain on the parade or anything, but they, they can be quite one dimensional, can't they? Yeah. Quite a lot of the time, I feel. So, you know, I thought they both gave pretty good performances. And I find myself uh, not warming with Jojo, because obviously, as you say, he was an indoctrinated child. Yeah. But rather the word sort of, uh, you know, as as he sort of realised, he goes through this process of sort of unpacking everything and, you know, mm. realize that Elsa, the girl in his house, isn't, you know, it's just another person. You yeah. sort of, I, I, I did film, uh, find myself connecting with the characters. The character I connected with most is probably uh, Elsa and uh, Scotty Hansen, so Rosie, yeah, which is yeah. mum, and their dynamic they had between them. Because I thought, obviously, um, how uh, Rosie was looking after Elsa. So there's a sort of a mother daughter dynamic there in a way, because that's a part of the plot with uh jojo's sister yeah uh, is dead yeah uh, yeah so this sort of, way, that's coming yeah, on early on yeah i had to just pause and think can i can i, can <laughs> yeah. I say this but uh i found their dynamic quite easy to sort of connect with which is why yeah. uh i mean i'm again about to go on for a bigger spoiler and i'm umming and ahhing about it yeah, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll wait for that. We'll we'll talk about yeah. that later on in the show. But um, I do find it really interesting, sort of the critics around that sort of thing. Um, but but yeah, Kelly Hansen definitely delivers the best performance in the film, as she was yes, for the 
for the role it sort of holds it together and like took some sense into the scenes which some of the scenes that are sort of like all over when they're not controlled by um someone like scott Hansen because because some of these characters are so over the top like you think of yeah. Uh, you think of Sam Rockwell's character. Yeah, I was thinking Sam Rockwell's. Yeah, they're, uh, but... they're very much they're very much uncontrolling of scenes because sort of like an immaturity to those characters anyway, which doesn't sort of like help things. But um, but yeah, I, I do think there's gravity that she brings to the role and brings to the film in general, and you feel like a much more of a calming presence, which is sort of what you yeah in sort of situation there are some like very tense moments or uncomfortable moments anyway like like habit scene which is um which is where the film gets its title from yeah. um yeah again i don't think that was as effective as it could have been because of there's a comedy the non- element to it yeah no because of the non-threatening of the the gestapo you know this well, uh, yeah. character is not a threatening one and i do find that scene more cringe rather than suspenseful partly because i didn't really care about what happened to the characters and because i felt more ludicrous it was and how unfunny it was when it tries to be too funny at the time i thought more of that scene it was a bit they uh because they could have gone with a suspense angle and i think that would have maybe worked better but they went more comedy yeah yeah. how they portrayed the gestapo again the gestapo being very sinister yeah, a very sinister organization. And I mean, when you have those kinds of scenes in, yeah, when you have those kinds of scenes in other films, they're sort of like the climax. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's very difficult to uh, get that balance right, and I, I don't think it gets the right enough to the extent where I don't think it's funny enough to get away with some of the things it does. Like the the point of comparison that people always make with this film is with Life of Beautiful, which is beautiful rather, um, mm. which obviously is sort of like it's considered a light-hearted take on the holocaust basically the central plot is uh, shields his son from the horrors of being a prisoner at a concentration camp but the difference in terms of that is that uh, roberta bernini's character is intentionally trying to be funny to the characters in the scene rather than what you have in this film is um characters trying to be funny f- for the audience yeah. rather than to the other characters in the scenes that's i feel like there's a very different line there also life is beautiful handles its emotional moments a lot to a lot degree well, than uh, this film does. that's uh the point i was going to come to next about handling emotional moments there's two big moments in this film which you know we'll talk uh, about yeah i'm not going to go into detail but uh, now, one of them I feel is handled better than the other one. Uh, yeah. That being the first, the second one, and yeah. that's because it tends to oscillate between being really serious one scene and then the next scene, it's back to being you know a comedy basically. Yeah. And so it's bit, it's a bit jarring yeah. to follow along, and um, I found that especially now with the first scene. I think you're going to mention when we talk about it later. Yeah. I didn't feel it so much. I thought that was I fine. Agree, yeah. But then it comes right. to the second one, which I found uh, it literally the next. Fr- it's not even like a full scene change. It's almost the same scene, yeah. and it's uh, it basically oscillates back to uh, Yorkie comes back into it, and it's back yeah. to being sort of comedy. And mm. I feel like the, the sort of the gravity of the scene just before it, it it was very jarring for me when I was watching it. Like, um, 
how it just suddenly pivoted 180 degrees on the spot yeah and you're back to it and then it pivots again though because he uh i can't talk about it right at the end of the film it pivots again then it's uh, the ending i found very sort of jarring to follow it's it's a very weird ending again we'll talk about it later but it's sort of like it is a it's very odd i don't know i know people see it as like um celebratory celebratory and i don't feel like that was the right way to put it Uh, i can't really explain too much about that um that's what i was going to say now um yeah so what i've found sort of like with people talking about the film is that when it works for you then it just works overall and that's sort of like where it comes into how it managed to achieve its critical acclaim uh in general anyway i feel like there's no mixed reviews like like um the main the main critics in this country if you look at the reviews from uh the, the main ones that i trust very really in this country robbie colin mark Hermode, guy lodge and peter bradshaw if you look at yeah. all their reviews they all give it negative reviews and a lot of the uh, i think a couple of them gave them one gave it one star as well mm. and that was more to do with they found sort of like the portrayal of some of the the nature of the subject matter uh, problematic i don't think the film intends to be out of touch or offensive or anything like that which is sort of like why i've given it more of a second chance than i would normally like like the more i thought about it the less sort of yeah it's just handled in a weird way it's just when it's just sometimes when you think about oh, oh that that's a bit it's a bit grim that it's a bit problematic it's a bit yeah. icky but again i suppose it always comes back to it's supposed to be from the child's perspective and that's the counter yeah that's the thing like, yeah you've just got to keep that in your mind all the time and that's yeah. like, that can be a good thing or it couldn't be a bad thing you know yeah um sometimes you want within a film and if you happen to think no it's fine it's from the child's perspective it's stuff like this it, it's not that big a deal it's like to keep yourself in the moment and that's why for me like it doesn't work especially as you're not feeling any kind of emotional connection i remember th- yeah that's what i saw um i remember watching the film uh in the cinema last year and it was a case where i was at points you're looking around saying like are you seeing this like you you seriously seeing what what's up on the screen there it is very edgy and and i i respect that the, the the name it is it's a very ballsy approach to making something like this now yeah and um, especially with the rise of neo-nazis and stuff like that which mm-hmm. is is its own issue in itself i don't think uh, but i do think its heart is in the right place in general and that's why yeah. it generally works for a lot of people so yeah. it is one where it's sort of like um people aren't going to shift either way on what they say and they do feel very strongly one way or another and they don't want to be and and it's sort of like if you think the opposite opinion it's sort of like uh you're you're wrong you've got it wrong yeah yeah See, I, you're I, I, you're not right and you should feel bad sort of thing i i generally enjoyed the film it, the emotional yeah. piece of me hit other than the fact that you know i felt that they were a bit too like all over the place but they did hit just not for long uh, and you know i connected with the characters and uh, i did manage to sort of keep a lid on the whole this is from jojo's perspective yeah uh, it's not a it's not an accurate portrayal of nazi germany yeah um and i mean it's a point to mention as well taika watiti obviously uh 
the director and plays Adolf Hitler. Uh, I mean, he sort of pitched it. I remember reading about this. Uh, you know, he's a Polynesian. He's uh, gay and he's Jewish. Yeah. And he was sort of pitching all along. This is like the sort of this is exactly the sort of portrayal of Hitler that Hitler. Yeah, it's, it's a middle finger yeah. up towards. Yeah, that's his whole. Hitler, yeah. Uh, I think that was a big part of it for him, and you do see that in his portrayal of Adolf Hitler, like it is deliberately trying to just make him a clown. There is a lot of goodwill that's went that's gone Waititi's way, sort of um, similar to um, Edgar Wright in that similar kind of way, where yeah. because he's had sort of success in the past and and films that people connected to like comes to the world of people and um what we do in the shadows and uh, for ragnarok where people are sort of like okay we'll let you do your thing even though i do genuinely think especially in terms of his performance in the film i think it's very very bad um i don't think it's a good i think it's very Again, cringy. No, it... i don't think it's funny and it does make audiences feel very, can make audiences feel uncomfortable yeah it's a very it's a very difficult role to play there's only yeah. one well especially so, as he said that he did no research on it as well it's sort of like oh, come on man <laughs> but but yeah it's 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 one of those things i i think it belongs in the in a different film and it doesn't surprise me that the original source material does not have that character in it yes because i don't think it needs it especially when you're having those uh i saw a review saying that you don't really need those two that that of like secret friends sort of thing you've got it going on twice in the film in terms of joe's relationship yeah, and with hitler and with it, with elsa as well when i watched it uh, i i figured going into it that uh that, that character would play i mean not so much a bigger role because he is quite prevalent in the film but be more important but to be honest yeah, it's not just filler yeah it's not uh, you could take that character out and the film would be a bit Definitely. shorter but the well yeah well, but the plot the plot would effectively be the same especially if it as it undersells the character of elsa anyway i felt like i feel yeah. like it's very underwritten thomas mckenzie is a wonderful actress and she's really good in a film called leave no trace which i very much recommend people check mm. out and i was very excited to see her you know be given more roles in these kind of things and i'm sure we'll see more of her in the future so it was exciting to see her in this kind of role and it's very much underwritten you don't really understand why Jojo falls for it, falls for it in the extent that he does, and yeah, I, I feel like that's a role that that could be, you know, could have been brought upon as having more importance than it actually does in comparison to uh, Hitler. Um, well, t that's a that's probably where we'll leave it for plot wise for now. Um, just want to talk about its awards performance. Got nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, obviously. A supporting actress for Scarlett Johansson, production design, which I think is fair, costume design, very much fair as well, yes. and film editing, and also winning adapted screenplay for Taika Waititi. Um, is it any surprise to you that this film was received well by the Academy, especially as considering how sort of divisive it was? Yes, to be honest. When I after I watched it, I checked, and I mean, I wasn't aware that it even won one let alone be nominated for so many yeah it was it was like a late it was like a like a late I, i'll be honest something. right now i'm not an avid sort of into a uh sort of watching the award shows and stuff like that so yeah. i these things do tend to pass me by uh so i was surprised when i looked back and i was like oh wow that's interesting uh, it sort of won at the last uh, uh right at the end sort of thing it like yeah. Lisa women was a heavy favorite to win it up his screenplay all year and then um it came, yeah it came out came very in late, close. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, um, but I feel like this is probably a more inventive screenplay than Little Women anyway. So I do understand why this was sort of like as such. I think it's a good place to award the film if you do get on with it. Obviously, the, the screenplay works if you if if it works. If the film works for you, it, yeah. and I know I know a lot of people that feel very strongly about this film being their favorite film of the year or or being absolutely brilliant. Like I. Uh, full respect to you if, if that's your opinion that's fine because i do think this film isn't a definitive good or bad i think it's just like do you like it or not does it yeah. work for you is it your cup of tea because it is marma either way hmm. uh as for the nomin i'm just looking through them now yeah. scarlett johansson a very fair shout she was the highlight in in best actress that you marriage story but yes only yeah. two ever um nominations as well which was surprising when we talked about the other day with, um, sorry, in previous episode with uh, Lost in Translation should have been nominated for that back in 2003. Mm. But, but yeah, it's very much deserving nomination here. Uh, and I'm looking through for uh, costume design is another one. When you mentioned it, that flashed up in my mind. I thought the costume design was excellent throughout. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the film is very much um, is a lot brighter. It's, yeah, it's stylized, yeah, isn't it? So you see it with the production design as well. Yeah, uh, it's all stylized, and I feel like they really did sort of. Who won it that year? Just out of interest. Production design. No, costume um, design. Costume uh, design. Um, I cannot remember for the. Yeah, I know that's a very niche one to sort of go. Yeah, for. it's not one that I know off the top of my head. It it, it was uh it was this women. Okay. In terms of um, also not most that year was the Irishman, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um but yeah, in general, it's sort of like because the Academy have always had sort of like an issue with with comedy in general. So especially in terms of the best picture category, you know, it's been more, it more. There's more nominations gone with the sort of like the screenplay categories and usually acting categories as well. Um, yeah. So never surprised to um, to see it like pop up. Uh, it was actually a strong best picture winner contender for a while. Um, because it gained momentum as the season went on. Uh, after BAFTA, I think one adapted screenplay yeah. at BAFTA, and that's when sort of like everything shifted. Uh, but yeah. I don't think it, it ended up not having enough behind it. It was probably just a bit too divisive. The way that the Oscar voting works is you have your, you vote for one through five out of the eight or nine nominations there are. Okay, right. So, so a lot, so while it would have got, probably got a lot of number one votes, it would have also got, um, been left out of the BAFTA. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, of course. So while well, uh, something like Parasite, which ended up winning that year, is a film that's got its passion, uh, a lot of passionate voters in terms of is going to get a, no, a lot of number one votes. But then again, it, if it wasn't like your favorite film of the year, it would still probably yeah, it's going to be in the top two or three. Least, yeah. Like for me, it was my third favorite of. I've seen all of the best picture nominees of this year, uh, of sorry of that year, and yeah. of 2019, and um, it was my third favorite of those. So. So yeah, um, I think we'll go and talk about the spoilers section now. So yeah, if you okay, have not, I've been biting my tongue a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you have not seen this film before, then I suggest um, clicking off. Thanks for listening, though. Um, and now we will go on to talk about some of the things that happen later on in the film. All right. So I know what you want to start with. So. Start I want to start there. with the elephant in the room scene, which is the hanging scene. Scott Johansson hanging in the middle of Berlin. 
odd scene. It appears out of sort of nowhere, and I don't think it works for me at all. It it just yeah, it, was it, does like... appear, it does appear out of nowhere. I I didn't expect that to happen at all. I was watching it and. Uh, as soon as it, it shocked me, it genuinely shocked me when I saw the shoes because I recognised the shoes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's the, the, the film made a yeah. point of sort of that up, and uh, I, I genuinely gasped when I looked at it. I just thought, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and yeah, because yeah, we already know by that point that she's a yeah, know, anti, yeah, she's anti, like a resistance, anti-Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. We we see her going around putting up anti-propaganda uh, posters and stuff like that. About Jojo's father as well, who's lost at the time. He's also rebelled against Hitler abroad. So, yeah. Uh, so we we see it basically. Person. Basically, if you don't, well, you would you would have seen the film, so you understand it. Part of the the show, but um, but yeah, they the, they used to hang Jews in the streets, and they so um. Well, they used that, to hang. Uh, yeah. it, obviously, being a repressive regime, uh, communists, anti-Nazis, anyone basically against the regime, they would. You know, yeah, and it's and it's already yeah. mentioned. Yeah, it's already mentioned previously in the film as well about uh, you see scenes where there's a scene where Scott Johansson moves JoJo's head to look at the hanging people in the street. Yeah. So there is some foreshadowing in that, but I do it's... feel like the film the scene is very poorly handled though in terms of like there's unnecessary CGI and and we're not shown what happens. It shies away from the brutality of the situation and also on from that moment pretty swiftly that's my problem yeah it had, didn't have the overall effect that the it should have had on a 10 year old child you know to see yeah. the most horrifying thing you could possibly think of and then it sort of moves on like it like trudges home sort of thing like it's a nothing thing it's, uh, it's bizarre i felt the scene itself the actual scene wasn't it was, you know, the emotion. It hit me. The emotional beats. I, I felt them quite strongly. Um, yeah. He follows the butterfly, doesn't he, to the square where she's yeah. hanging. So again, he's, he's not looking up. He's focused very much on the butterfly, and he, it leads, it leads straight to her feet. Um, that, uh, you know, and then he's cr- he cries. He sits down and cries, and obviously that is very emotional to watch. And it, it, it did hit me that. Then he trudges back, and uh, he uh, picks up his knife, which is another sort of not central plot point but something that's brought up several times mm-hmm. uh, and he goes to uh, stab Thomas in Mackenzie's character doesn't he yeah uh, but then he just breaks down and starts crying and she consoles him uh, mm-hmm. and again I feel that that was a uh, that was quite emotional as well to watch you know because that's their yeah. relationship but the thing is what I felt then was it sort of basically just immediately replaced Scarlett Johansson's relationship with yeah uh, Jojo with Thomas and Mackenzie's Elsa yeah. and they're dead. I feel like the he genuine, moved on. Yeah, the general issue of the film is that like the the Jojo tragedy in the film and it sort of ends in such a celebratory way. It seems yeah. bizarre, like it doesn't full situation that Jojo's been through in the film, you know, seeing people that he's artist or or is close to just being killed like, like the Sam Rockwell character for example as well you know getting executed in front of him and stuff like that though sparing Jojo in the process and you know he's got no father he's got no mother he's got no yeah that and was then, final scene in the film, like he's celebrating that the allies won is sort of like yeah. come on man uh well that was the other scene I mentioned earlier I was thinking which for me was actually like worse in terms of tonal change was Sam Rockwell yeah. uh because obviously Jojo right. uh, so uh, there's a battle at the end in the town where they're where yeah. they're sort of in, and uh, of course the Germans lose. 
and uh, Jojo Taiu, who, yeah, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> uh, Jojo hides, he sort of gets, uh, I'm not I'm not sure shell shock's the right word, but he gets, you know, yeah. he, he's scared and he hides throughout the battle. Uh, he comes out and he's wearing a German, uh, German army coat and a hat, so he gets arrested by the Soviets and uh, rounded up with the other German prisoners. Uh, and then Sam Rockwell basically sacrifices himself by, uh, you know, pretend uh, taking his coat off, taking his hat off, and pretending to sort of have a go at him for being Jewish, yeah. so that the Soviets split them up, and then as a result gets executed pretty much on the spot. Mm-hmm. Jojo obviously realizes what happened, runs away, he's crying, isn't he? And then he runs around the corner and bumps into Yorkie, his best friend, and suddenly the tone completely shifts back to <laughs> your comic relief. Yeah. And now, don't get me wrong, again. Uh, I mean, I that just that was the most jarring scene for me. That sort of where I lost it a little bit. I was like, because that scene for me was just as sort of emotionally strong as Scott yeah, Hansen's. Yeah, how shocking it was because I was thinking, uh, I was thinking, I was watching this like you immediately you noticed these were Soviet soldiers because of the uniforms, and I was like, okay, so the treatment is probably going to be a little bit worse than if it was with the Allies. Well, the mm-hmm. Western Allies, and then they, they round. That's sort of seen around enough. I was like, oh, I actually thought they were going to shoot, like, uh, kill Jojo at the end, and I was like, that would be. I mean, that would be one massive happening. bombshell, but no, that's not what happens. It's sort of a, a false flag, but still, but because of that, it was quite suspenseful, and I felt it very. You know, I felt it was quite a strong feeling when I was watching that scene, and then it just dropped it completely round, literally round the corner. It doesn't even cut away to like a different scene. It's it's pretty yeah. much the same, isn't it? I think that's just generally it's like sort of juvenile approach to this kind of yeah. Why I find it sort of very difficult to pin into a certain area. This is why I'm more surprised it managed to find an audience overall, um, especially with with the his reactions to that being the well, talks to Hitler again and he kicks him through the wall and stuff like yeah his character it's yeah that was it oh. that scene as well was very jarring how he sort of get i, sp- I suppose it's supposed it. to be symbolic isn't it but i know this same... is my general issue with consistency yeah that's lack it. of sort of i don't know don't and stuff like that it, it just wasn't just wasn't for me yeah then meanwhile you've got outside you've got americans going down the street with the flags out going mental and then they all walk out at the end don't they start dancing no yeah. uh, i say all, the two characters because they make a point uh elsa's character well thomas mckenzie's character elsa says that the first thing she's going to do when the war over war's over is dance and so they go outside and dance yeah too uh, a, a german version of david heroes and yes that's sort of like a way that the the film has managed to manipulate a sort of audience in itself as well by having those kind of this kind of uh that kind of music especially with as the film opens with um German version of I Wanna Hold Your Hand by the Beatles presents the, mm. the Nazis as sort of like a like a pop group sort of thing, aren't they, in terms of the way that the German the, the Germans fell for what the Nazis were doing. Though then yeah. again you that doesn't really work in the context of the film either, especially as the portrayal of the Nazis is such pretty much idiots. Yeah, no, they're so. just I mean, well, uh, again with Sam Rockwell's character, the costume when I was thinking costume design, his costume at the end. Yeah, where he sort of he designs it, doesn't he? And he's got like a feather in his helmet, and he's got a cape on. Mm. Uh, it's all very wacky. That the yeah. battle at the end is that a one, very, yeah. sorry, very interesting sort of idea. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of thinking 
from his because it's from Jojo's perspective so he goes and hides and then it fades away and it skips most of the battle but you do see a bit of it and it is all a bit sort of uh, uh, it sort of oscillates between uh, between being very light-hearted with Sam Rockwell sort of doing some action movie you know like he's stood on like one foot on a rock with his gun in one hand with his cost yeah. his cape on and then the next shot is like civilians or yeah. people have been sort of forced to fight dead on the street very mm. much again all over the place yeah and you remind me there of a point that i wanted to make it's very specific i remember seeing someone who explaining why they liked it and they were sort of like describing what the film was like atmospheric wise and and they opened with uh this caper set in Germany. Wacky Nazi Germany. That's not and you sentence. see why people have an issue with the film. Yeah. I don't again should probably be said. I know. It's sort of like <laughs> this is why I ultimately find the, the whole film problematic in itself. I don't think it's offensive. I've sort of moved on from having that opinion because I feel like yeah. it's very much misguided. I've sort of took on board what I it. I saw a uh, sort of review that Robbie Colin did on the Mark Hermit show where he was sort of going talking about that kind of nature of it and he came across as very obnoxious because of it so I'm trying to avoid having that kind of opinion of it because I don't feel like that was YTT's intention at all yeah it was supposed to be as you said the heart was in the right place it was just the yeah yeah it's again it's like Sacha Baron Cohen with his with his the way that he talks about Jews and his characters as a Jewish person sort of thing, you know, being anti-Semites. And it's mock- this film is mocking Nazis um, yeah. rather than trying to be undermine the, the, um, their overall impact and how bad they were in general. Um, I, I don't think the film is works as a satire. I don't know if it was ma- its main intention. I think it was meant to be more, more shocking more than anything else and then this he comes is... from this and that's YTT's style and but I think overall it's all down to personal perception. It, exactly I think as a comparison for sort of a historical satire move back to the death of Stalin I think that handles the historical context a lot better because it yeah. doesn't really shy away from how bad you know Stalinist Soviet Union what the Stalinist Soviet Union was you know it shows elements of you know Levante Beria who was a terrible person who was the head of the NKVD it shows them for being you know effectively a monster and, you know yeah that, it, that it, final it, scene where he's getting sorry if you haven't seen spoilers for Stalin coming yeah, up yeah literally that, that scene where he's getting burnt down and he's talking about you know rape and stuff it's, yeah, it, it's, exactly. It's, it's not very grim, and that's where the film sort of lost me a lot. But I understand why you could understand the importance yeah, of. So sorry. you're not supposed to connect to it. You're not supposed to feel sympathy for him. I no. think is the point of that. Yeah, because he was a terrible person. And the same. Then it goes to the end with uh, it, it, the end in the final card of that is like showing that they all get backstabbed and betrayed anyway in the end. Yeah. So uh, I feel like it handles the historical context. Yeah, a lot there, there's films that have done this kind of thing better. And whilst, um, yeah, uh, it's just Death of Stalin sort of the most prevalent one in my head because uh, I watched yeah, it relatively yeah, recently yeah. as well. Uh, but with uh, uh, just Watiti's handling of Hitler sort of made him a buffoon. Whereas, yeah, Death of Stalin makes them out to be sort of bumbling idiots at times. But they are also... Very dangerous. Time, yeah, exactly. There's shown to be very competent at other points when the whole coup comes together and it's, you know, yeah. it's just the handling of it is a bit that's the problem with this sort of film i find is that the handling of it can be a bit 
as you say, dangerous, sort of give the wrong impression. But the problem is with a film like this, you're never going to please everyone. Exactly. And to a certain extent, I'm pleased that people have found enjoyment out that people have connected to it. Um, uh, but sometimes you just got to, I don't think there's a general issue with the quality of the film and stuff like that. And But I do think in general, like it just doesn't work for some people. Yeah. And it didn't I mean, work for me because it didn't connect me on an emotion on a it didn't make me laugh, it didn't make me feel any of the kind of emotions that the film should make you feel if you're gonna to connect to it. And that's that so like I watch a lot of coming of age films and a lot of them are connected because of like my preferences in anything. Like I, I prefer writing styles where people are reflect or write about things they know or things they've experienced and stuff like that that's all yeah that tends to be more connected for me um with a film like my it's my disconnect towards historical satire towards basically history films in general and and stuff like that where yeah where they just didn't work for me see and on the flip side you know i quite like historical satire and i'm into sort of you know historical subjects for you know film and stuff so and I did connect with the film. I did get enjoyment out of it. I, you know, enjoyed quite a lot of it. There's just definitely issues with it that are worth bearing in mind if you watch with yeah. handling of complex subjects and sort of the tonal shifts. It's it, it it's it's enjoyable. Uh, you know, I, I I did enjoy watching it. It's just something yeah. to consider. And and it is a film where I've heard literally every single type of um, opinion under the sun for it sort of thing. Everyone's yeah. got a different point of view. And it's just important to sort of like know where you stand with these kind of things because uh, it's it's very thing. If you like it the first time, then then you'll always like it, and then if you don't, then um, th then you won't a second time. And yeah. that's sort of like how things are. So we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for everyone that's listened, and um, make sure to follow the podcast on all the podcast um, stations. And apps that you can find social it on. Social media. Yep. On social media, on Twitter at best picture underscore pod. You can find us there. And um, yeah, that's about it. Thank you, Chris, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. And we'll see you for another episode sometime soon. Thank you very much.